welcome to Backstage at the Baths with me, Lizzie Welch. Today on the podcast, we are talking to Richard Jones. Richard Jones is bringing his show, An Evening of Magic, to the Baths Hall on the 25th of May. And I have to say, it was an absolute delight to talk to Richard. He might just be one of the nicest people in showbiz ever. In this interview, we talked uh, not only about the show that he's bringing on the 25th of May, um, but also a little bit more about his rise to fame um, from the army through to Britain's Got Talent and and everything in between. And um, also, um, he gave us a little sneaky peek behind the inner magic circle, which was very exciting. So if magic's your thing, or you've seen him on Britain's Got Talent, or anything like that, this is definitely the podcast to listen to. Here is what he had to say. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Richard Jones. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. We're so excited to learn loads about magic and everything um, that's got coming. Um, but I guess the first thing that we wanted to ask you is, um, this is a good chance to learn a little bit more about your journey. I guess for anyone who's lived in a cave and not seen your ascension to to, uh, to what you do or watch Britain's Got Talent, how did you how did you come to to be on our stage? Uh, so I have a, a very long and no doubt very boring <laughs> story. So I'll just give you the overview of, uh, so I joined the army in 2010 and I, once I finished the combat training, I got sent overseas quite a lot for the first few years and I felt like I needed some sort of, uh, some, something to do on all the, all the traveling. Cause I spent lots of time on coaches and airplanes and I was always with mm-hmm. a big group of people. And I decided one day that I think magic might be quite fun to try out. And I always remember doing little tricks at the time for my for my uh, friends in the army. And they were always so supportive that gradually over the years, the, uh, the magic I was doing got bigger and better because I was performing literally every day. And uh, I started doing shows for the army in, on big stages. I then started doing weddings. And uh, then I started deciding, you know what? I'm going to try and get onto TV. So I started applying for literally every TV show on the planet. And uh, one by one, I was very lucky. Some started coming back. I was on the chase with Bradley Walsh. Wow. Which I don't really like to talk about because I did very badly. Very badly. I embarrassed my entire family. I went for the 50K and then didn't get a single question right after that. So, And uh, yeah. So the other thing that's quite frustrating is ITV just love to remind me how bad my general knowledge is because every year they replay the episode every year so every year i get i get hate mail from people on social just saying god why is your general knowledge so bad yeah, there are people out there who think i actually go on the show every year and i make the same <laughs> mistakes every year you know we're uh, all going to go search that episode out now as well don't you <laughs> oh, I, oh i shouldn't have even mentioned it uh, but anyway, after that, luckily, I did slightly better on a show called Brain's Got Talent. I went on there a few months later and was so lucky that I had the support of the nation. So many people got behind me and backed me and and uh, I ended up winning the show. So that was a, a really special moment for me because not only was I performing on stage doing magic, I was also on stage with the man who inspired me most in magic, who was a war veteran, Fergus Ancorn, and also my friends in the army, the whole entire uh, British Army Band, the Household Cavalry Band, was on stage with me. So it was a wow. moment I will never forget. That's amazing. So, um, so you relatively late into magic, I guess. Then, not uh, if you started 
whilst whilst you were in the army not you wasn't one of those kids that had um always had a a, a magic set for christmas that entertained the family you know what i did always love <laughs> magic and i did have lots of magic sets but i didn't really ever open it it was one of those ones back in the day i think it was a paul daniels magic set i always remember opening it opening it up and there were so many little pieces that if you lost one or two of the pieces that you didn't yes. do any of the tricks <laughs> uh and probably most people listening have had that same experience uh, <laughs> which is why my new magic sets there's there's no little pieces to to lose it's much uh, clearer and easier to uh, keep track of of the props because of that in mind so i never really did magic as a, as a kid uh but i always loved magic i just didn't realize i could do it uh until i, I actually in all honesty the big thing that kicked off my career was going to see darren brown yes. he actually got me onto stage and he did this illusion with me and I got to see out into the audience and see the amazing look on people's eyes and, and just experience this whole amazing thing from the stage. And that's what kind of inspired me to want to then start doing magic on a bigger platform on, on stages and try and get on TV. And, and now that's the same kind of experience I try to give to the people who come to my my actual show. I try to get them on as many people on stage and get them involved in, in special moments as possible. I don't embarrass anyone. It's all uh, feel good stuff. I, I try to make the magic feel like it it's nothing to do with me but it's the the amazing people who help on stage they they facilitate the magic so that that brings me on quite nicely actually to a, a question that we we have actually been asked quite a bit in terms of how your show will actually work on stage because obviously it's a big auditorium and things like that um do you is it is it very much audience participation do you do any close-up magic um and if you did how would that work <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I like to believe that uh, everyone who, who comes to the show, obviously I can't get everyone onto mm -hmm. the stage, but I, I try my best to involve everyone in the audience. I, I like to think that everyone will leave feeling as though they were quite involved in the show because they'll be making decisions from the seats and everyone will be working together to to uh, create the impossible things that we'll be doing. Uh, I will have a big screen up, so there'll be certain things that maybe are a little bit smaller, but we'll have those projected on the screen so everyone can see. Uh, a lot of what I do is is combining some of the really special and unusual skills that I've picked up in my army career, combining those skills with my fascination of magic to create something uh, a little bit different, a little uh, what I find uh, really fascinating, all to do with how how we're all connected in in, in the sense that we all have a general understanding and we, we all think along similar lines when put under pressure and, and, and making decisions. And, and what I like about the show is it kind of highlights just how we're, how connected we all are and how we all, we are all very similar um, because yeah, we're it's the communication that we have between, between each other is, is key to the, to the show. It's not just what we say in life that matters. It's, it's how we project that in every essence. And I try to highlight that in, in the show and uh and and show how how the audience teach the audience how they can do that themselves if that makes sense i'm sure i just absolutely butchered what i was talking about but <laughs> no it but sounds if that amazing. made no it sense does, just uh, just really... come to the show and it makes sense <laughs> it does really really sound amazing actually like you didn't really think about it in terms of that element but it, it sounds so i don't want to say magical because that's very cheesy <laughs> Um, it, it is just, very cheesy just, but yeah <laughs> it does sound wonderful yeah um so um and you're in the magic circle, aren't you? The inner magic circle. Um, That's right, yeah. How do you get I've got in a that? really cool secret story. <laughs> I've got a really cool secret story about the magic circle cool. that I'm going to tell you. Yes, absolutely. 
Unfortunately, I can't tell you it's a secret. Oh. Um, so moving on. Uh, no, I'm only kidding. There are millions of secrets in the Magic Circle. So we have a headquarters in London, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is, to a certain extent, very Harry, po- Harry Potter-like. So wow. it is down a dark alley that you would never choose to walk down unless you knew what was down there. So so no one ever just strolls past the Magic Circle. <laughs> uh, to be honest, there are lots of cab drivers in London who know what a Magic Circle is because uh, we get dropped off there every now and again. <laughs> Uh, but that's where we have our meetings. We all sit and uh, and chat and talk about how we're going to take over the world and <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and we have a theatre in there as well. It's it's like mm-hmm. a multi-story building. And on certain nights throughout the year, we open up the doors to the public and, and we welcome public in to come and look around our library. It's the, the world's largest magic library we have there. Lots of old props from some from performers hundreds of years ago. And wow. uh, there's some of the world's oldest props. Some of them, some of the, um, the props used to go back hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's full of in- interesting things. And then we put on a little show for them there. But that, that only happens every now and again. It's quite rare. And we don't have that many seats. It's, uh, I'm not really sure or even sure how that works. I think it might be guests invited only. I'm not sure. But it's a fascinating place. That's what I'm trying to say. Lots of interesting things there. Amazing. And how did you actually manage to to get into the in a magic circle? Do you have to, do you have to audition or do, you, do people just... I don't know, yeah. <laughs> acquire you. So there, there's a, yeah, it's, well, it's a, a long process. So you, you have to know at least one other magician who's already in the magic circle who would recommend you to be a oh, good okay. member. So you have to be recommended by, I think, three different members. Um, and then you have to do lots of different auditions and interviews. And then you do a performance eventually for lots of uh, lots of the members and they kind of vote to decide whether whether you're worthy of being a member of the magic circle and then once you're in you there's lots of different levels uh, a bit like the freemasons you kind of uh, work and as you get better you, you you move up the ranks and then there's something right at the very top uh, which is called the member of the inner magic circle and that's like the highest honor and there's not many people in the world who have got that level but you have <laughs> Yeah, I was, I, was, I was wondering if you were going to ask. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I already so know. I, oh, do you? Oh, you already knew that. Oh, yeah, I am very lucky. I, uh, I I, am part of the inner magic circle. And there's there's certain certain doors within the magic circle headquarters that are inner magic circle members only, which always Ooh. fascinated me. They're, they're red doors, uh, whereas the most of the doors in the magic circle are blue, like the, lo- and the logo is blue. Um, but obviously you're only allowed to go through those doors if uh, if you're a member of the Inner in Magic Circle. And I all the time that I was an, um, a member, before I became an Inner Magic Circle member, all those years of being a member, I always wondered what is behind that door. And in my head, I thought, I bet it's going to be really disappointing. I bet <laughs> I, one day, I bet one day I'll become a member. I'd walk through that door and realize it's uh, it's just an extra toilet or a, or a broom cupboard <laughs> or something like that. But I can happily say to all the members out there, I when I was allowed through that door, I did walk through, and it is a real room, and there's some really fascinating things behind it. So that's all I'm going to say. So if you're a magician out there, work hard, and you'll find out what's in the broom cupboard. Okay. <laughs> you've you pulled it all really big but they're going to open the door and they'll be like oh it's a broom cupboard. yeah i'll be sat in there in the rocking chair and just i'll say i've been waiting Look, disappointment in their eyes is what i'm looking forward to seeing but so, thus the power that you have earned so um so yeah enjoy every moment uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i've worked hard for exactly. exactly yeah um so when it comes to i guess thinking of a of a new 
a magic thing to perform is there is it something that you create yourself or is that what you do in in the magic circle or do you work on on new things together to, to do or is there a big book a bible of things that you can work yeah. on how does it work <laughs> Uh, well, I try my best to uh, to involve as many people as possible because uh, many ideas is always going to be better than just uh, one person's ideas. And we kind of collaborate and work together. Uh, but the, the way we generally work is we we decide what what message and what feeling we, we, we want the show to to create in people's minds. We want to figure out what people what we want mm-hmm. people to feel when they leave the show, first of all. And then we work out what what would be amazing? What would we love to see in the show? And we think of something impossible. And then we sit down in a big round table and, uh, and, and figure out and we discuss ideas about how we're going to make those impossible illusions possible. And gradually over time, sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years to figure out certain parts of the show and how they're going to work and how it even be possible. And uh, uh, yeah, so it's a big collaboration. We, we, there's I've probably got about on and off maybe between six and ten people who come and go and get involved in the show at different points to help out and uh yeah really pleased with where it is at the minute I think people are gonna love it I, I really hope so anyway so uh yeah we'll see sounds exciting it does really it really does um so what what do you do before you go on stage then do you do anything like specifically to hype you up for that um for that show or or is it are you are you one of the people that like to I guess sit in a, a small room and concentrate <laughs> um that's a really good question I do I do a number of things so I something I I, I always do I've done it for a long time and it really helps if you're going to go on stage live in front mm-hmm. of 20 million people on tv that's when uh, <laughs> that's when you need to really be Oof, focused yeah. before shows <laughs> So um, something I do is I very often I close my eyes and, I, and I'll visualize every element of the show right from the moment, just walking out, introducing myself, visualizing what I'm going to be doing, what the tricks are, what, what, what I want the audience to, uh, how I want the audience to react and, and how welcoming I, I'm hoping they're going to be. And I, I find that really helps with confidence. I always tell other magicians and any other stage performers that if you can visualize yourself in your mind really vividly going out on stage and having a great time and the audience isn't loving you, uh, before you go on stage, you're more likely to end up creating that subconsciously because you'll yeah. naturally walk out. You'll be more relaxed. You'll be more friendly and welcoming. And then they'll they'll give you that back. That rapport will be so much easier to to create. Whereas if in your mind you're terrified and you think, oh, my God, they're going to boo. Simon Cow's going to buzz me. This is going to be crazy. You'll walk out there and you'll you'll come across a little bit worried and a bit. Um, uh, uh, there'll be almost like a, an invisible boundary between between you and your audience. And, and then you're more likely to create that moment. So so that's something I do. I always make sure I see it and, and I, I go for it in my mind and make sure that I see it really well in my mind so that I feel super prepared for when I get out there. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I stick on Footloose and I dance <laughs> uh, very sillily uh, just because for some reason Footloose really gets me going. And every time you ever see me on TV, uh, usually I do really serious and moving stuff, but little do people know that five minutes before that, I was just dancing around the dressing room to Footloose uh, just to psych myself up. So so if anyone, uh, yeah, if you arrive at the venue and uh, the show's about to start and you hear Footloose coming from the changing room, you know I'm in there dancing. <laughs> that is not the track I would have picked out for you, uh, probably, at it's, all. It's random for sure. I don't really know why I chose it, but it worked on BGT, so now I use it every time. Wow, I'm going to play it next time I need to do something and see if it uh, works for me. seems like it's some sort yeah, of... Yeah, well, let me know. I'll take credit for it. <laughs> There's going to be people out there all the time now going, ah, oh, this, this is the magic track, actually, that actually makes it such a good show. So it's... it's exactly. If you ever see me, if you ever pass me on the motorway, you're here. That's all I listen to on repeat the entire journey. 
Oh, so you're responsible for all their hits and, and chart hits that they get yeah. in the climb up. Yeah. They're all just your place. All those millions <laughs> of sales. It was just all me, just yeah, you, on yeah. Spotify looping it. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously this is what you do now. You you are you are solely on the magic. So do you miss the army? I do, yeah. I mean, I still go and do a lot with the army. I don't even feel like I've left because I'm so involved still. I, I still represent them at lots of different events. And I still uh, host a lot of events for them and present for them. And um, and I still do a lot of shows specifically for the army and, and the army families and, and, and actually the military as a whole. So, uh, so yeah, I miss the, the people who I like the big group of people I used to go around with most, but I, I still feel very much a part of the military family because yeah, they keep me busy for sure. I still do lots of trips as well. I've been to, Mm -hmm. been lucky to go to some interesting places. I've been to Germany a few times to see the troops and the families over there, the Falkland islands. Uh, I did some slightly more hostile places as well, but we're we're not necessarily there anymore. Um, And at the minute I'm looking at maybe trying to get out to, because obviously we've got a lot of troops at the minute in like Poland and Estonia, all those kind of, Mm -hmm neighboring countries over there obviously they're they're working very hard doing very uh, uh scary things so it'd be nice to go and give them a, a magic show to take their mind off things at some point so yeah we're working on that at the minute oh that's amazing do you still play as well you're a musician uh, a musician weren't you so do you still play i still play the piano quite a lot i've I'm, i've got a piano and uh in the house and whenever i'm stressed or well not really stressed i, I like to be quite chilled anyway but whenever i've i've got a lot to think about it's kind of nice just to sit down and play the play the piano because the nice thing about it is you get really wrapped up in that moment and you don't really think about anything else apart from what you're doing in that moment which is also why I love magic because that's what the moment that's what I try to create in the magic shows I want people to forget everything else that's going on in the world and just in that in that hour and a half uh, just to sit and just enjoy and feel really involved in something really special so uh yeah trombone i don't play so much anymore because it's uh it's more of an instrument you need to play with friends uh, so <laughs> it's a bit of a I... difficult one to walk around the house and get involved in i guess yeah the and also the, the neighbors just wouldn't appreciate it yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah but uh but i'd love to yeah i should really join a local band if i get time at some point <laughs> so if um it sounds a little bit more like this show obviously you know people are going to expect to be amazed they're going to expect to see something impossible as you say but it just sounds like it's it's so much more it's a bit of an escapism and things like that so I guess to sum up as an audience member if you're coming to see your show what is it that they can expect to see uh it's very light-hearted there'll be lots of fun and there'll be lots of fun funny moments in it we're all going to feel like we're experiencing one special moment altogether uh lots of audience members will be doing impossible things um and i like to think the the thing that i the overarching thing that i really hope happens with the show is people leave with something really fun a really fun family experience that they've all had and they can go and tell their friends and family or uh, the next day and the next week and, and the tricks hopefully will be stuff that you'll be talking about for many many years to come so that's that's my plan i want to leave a last impression on people to uh yeah brighten up your day no matter what what you, you're going through whatever's uh, happening or you know, around the world lots of uh scary things let's, let's just go and have a really fun night all together that's amazing. I think that's probably a perfect way to end it as well. So thank you so much for joining us today, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to say before we end, uh, mm-hmm. I do want to say thank you so much for being so lovely. This is the, the most fun podcast that I've done in absolutely ages. So thanks so much for having me on. really appreciate it. And yeah, looking forward to seeing you there. Oh, thanks so much. You're such a lovely person. Thank you. <laughs> that 
was Richard Jones there telling us all about his evening with magic and also his rise to fame. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you want to catch Richard's performance at the Bath Hall on the 25th of May, which you absolutely should, um, then all you need to do is head over to scunthorpetheatres.co.uk or pop into the Baths Hall box office to visit our lovely front of house team um, or you can give them a call on 01724 296 296. Um, Richard's show, as I said, is on the 25th of May. Um, he describes it as an experience you will never forget and I think after hearing him talk there it absolutely will be. There are also VIP tickets available and um, for a VIP you get to enter early, you can get a nice little drink on arrival, a private magic show and a photo opportunity and a signed poster which is pretty exciting. So um, tickets to see this show is £23 um, uh, for one ticket, 55 for the VIP. We've got concessions at £20 and a family ticket is £75. Um, there'll be some booking fees on top of that as well. So lots of opportunities to go see this show. Um, I covered a lot of the shows last week, so I don't want to keep you around for much longer. Um, as much to say, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much if you've listened to all the episodes so far or if you've just dipped into a few. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, please do not forget to like, subscribe and share and we will see you again soon for our next one. Thanks. Bye.